Thank you for taking my call. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, brother. Take care. Um, Mr. Rab, Mr. Scott Rab. Spike, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. Scott Rab of Esquire Magazine, of uh, author of Whore of Akron, also of the um, the weekly appearance on the Anthony Gargano and uh, Glenn Macnow program, and. Um, I would say we are longtime friends now, uh, Mr. We Rob. are indeed. Uh, Scott is the uh, is the one of the, uh, th- the the foremost authority on disliking LeBron James. I think I was I was talking earlier. I said if if you think Skip Bayless or Howard Eskin don't like LeBron, um, you haven't seen anything until uh, until you talk to Scott. I mean that 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 game tonight was it's it's weird. Like because you know I'm I'm prepping for the show. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is the the sort of odd thing in that every great player gets compared to Jordan and Kobe as if that's the model of NBA player. And there's so many great players, even some that we consider top five, like Magic, that didn't play that way, you know, that weren't, you know, taking the big jump shot at the end of the game. And I think about how I don't like that James gets, as a, as a fan of his, I don't like that James gets compared to those guys. Um, but then he goes and has that game tonight where he sort of, did all of those things, and it, it, it was, I thought it was unbelievable. I think so, too. I, I remember for many years, everyone who came along, including guys like Springsteen, the new Dylan. Yeah. I, it was absolutely the, the same kind of thing. It was reductive. It was cheap. It was as stupid as stupid could be. It ignored what was actually happening in, in, in front of your eyes in terms of people coming along who were really lighting it up with talent. Same thing. Uh, LeBron and, and the Bayless, the Skip Bayless, uh, maybe a psychopath, <laughs> maybe. possibly a psychopath. Uh, cer- certainly w- wouldn't put your dad or myself in, in that category. Uh, my, my point of view is if I'm going to hate on someone, Pick a guy worth hating and also give him the grudging respect, no matter how fraught with with sorrow and, and, and tre- feelings of treachery. I'm a Cleveland guy, grew up there. If I hadn't loved the guy, hadn't had high hopes that, that he was the native son who would lead all those fans, uh, many of whom you know have never even li- lived long enough to see a Cleveland team win at all, all that aside, what can you say? But but the guy has stepped up now two seasons in a row. He's gotten it done. All the comparisons I've heard him long before he he decided to take his talents to South Beach, and I thought they were ridiculous then for for a couple of reasons. One is that no one's the new Dylan, and there aren't any more Michael Jordans coming along. The other is that you cannot ignore the evidence of your eyes. I can't either. This guy's a great basketball player. He is now a two-time back-to-back NBA champion. I don't hate him any less. I'm in a lot of pain, psychic pain right now. But I don't think there's much to say that won't make me look like an idiot if I don't give the guy his proper due. Yeah, talking to Scott Rabb of uh, Esquire Magazine about uh, LeBron and the uh, the win, uh, second consecutive um, NBA, second consecutive uh, Finals MVP. Um, oh, oh, did he win yet? Yeah, because believe me, I didn't linger after the game <laughs> to watch. Well, I was sort of wondering what you were, um, you know, what you were, 
So I, I guess regardless of the basketball, and we can get to that. What does it feel like watching it at this point? And does any of that um, has any of that? I guess uh, hurt and and anger from that initial from when he left. Does any of that start to fade, or does with every win does it start to bring it up again? It certainly it certainly uh, is revived by the championships because as as uh, hard as it would be to prove since it never happened. I honestly believe, I've said it many times, had the Cavaliers and LeBron James won a championship and then he decides to leave for another team, I don't think, well, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think there'd be very many many people in Cleveland who felt anything but gratitude. They did not win. That is not his fault. He wasn't the general manager of the team. He wasn't coaching the team. He's won two. And when he wins a championship, and, and this year, kind of the same feeling, I feel awful. Because it's not a Cleveland team. I'm tired of rooting against, whether it's LeBron James or a team. I would like to have a team that I, I care deeply about in the playoffs. I miss that agony. I miss having a team that I actually love playing for something something that, that's worth feeling that torture for. I think Philly fans right now are in, in the same kind of slough, and I hope it ends really soon. Uh, but for Clevelanders, it's lasted, lasted 50 years, and so watching LeBron you know, get another ring, it it hurts on a level that may be irrational, uh, but it, it's no less real to me. Um he is it's an interesting media climate to be the him right now you know I, I don't think that we've ever seen you know it's it's changed the sports media climate is changing and growing and changing and growing and um consistently over the last several years to where it's a point where it's never been a point that i don't even know that i would have imagined it getting to and uh, you know i've seen I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was like when Jordan was what Jordan was. And I feel like watching the Indiana series and watching the San Antonio series, I see more people cheering against him to win that I feel like, and obviously he's still very popular because I'm sure his jersey is the top selling or top two selling in the league. So, sure. you know, obviously very popular, but I, I feel like I see more people cheering against him than I've seen anybody cheering against anybody in sports. And I, I, was it like that? When I, I don't remember it being that way with Jordan, but I don't, I, no. I don't think it was. Was no, it? No, no. But there, there, there are at least two, you know, from my point of view, at least two major differences in in the narrative in the LeBron narrative. One is that I think people not from Cleveland or with any particular attachment to the Cavaliers liked the the, the story that you know. One of the things you're talking about with with, with the media is we they uh, we hammer home these. These storylines, they can change, but even if they change, they're hammered 24-7 wherever you turn in ways, as you mentioned, that are that are growing in mass and intensity. And the story that had the kid from Akron playing for the hometown team for fans who were hungrier than any other fans in North America for a championship, people like that. So when he... When he declared free agency in a manner unlike any athlete before or since, by taking an hour on ESPN, I think for a lot of people, again, with no particular attachment to Cleveland or love for the Cavs, felt 
wow, this guy is as phony as phony could be. I think that's a huge factor and, and remains a huge factor. The other thing is, and it's not just LeBron, although as the face of the league, he certainly uh, is, is one of the real ref baiters, real floppers. I mean, the game has changed enormously in that regard. His comportment on the court, and it's not him, and I've gotten in arguments about the way Timmy Duncan you know, makes the faces, but LeBron's the worst right now, and, and people are paying attention. Michael, Michael wasn't that. You know, Mike, Michael was kind of the opposite of that, the cold-blooded. Kobe's more like Michael in, in, in the way those guys carry themselves on the court. LeBron has aspects of it, but he spends way too much of way too many games just, just you know, acting. He's acting. He's flopping. He's, he's, he's looking at refs. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, even a couple, and you know I, I cheer for him as much as I cheer for anybody that's yeah. not in this city, but like there were a couple of times when it, the thing that bothered me was when he was doing it instead of getting back on defense. Like that was one of the things is like, if you want to complain, like to me, oh. our, our perspective is off <laughs> because they all, they all complain more than anyone's ever complained and they all yeah. flop more than, so yeah, he's doing it more than anyone ever, but it, it's still it's the whole thing's at a different level. But when he's not running back, yeah, like that, yeah. that part of it was crazy. And, you, and, do you think that does hurt? Yeah, that hurt his image. That does make people absolutely as good as he is. And, and I'm not that foolish to, to not acknowledge it under pressure. What more can you ask of the guy than, than the game seven performance we saw? But any any sports fan. No matter how 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 much you like the guy, how much you admire what he could do on the court, looks at he's laying he's laying at the other end of the court while everyone he did it after the splitter block. Yeah, that, that, he, you know he 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 had to sprint to catch up to the play after that block because he was posing. Um, it will make a great poster though. I'm gonna hang it right next to the other one, right over my bed. My fiance is gonna get mad, but we gotta have the two. LeBron, LeBron. Hey, it, it inspires your own performance <laughs> in the clutch, young young man. I think she'll be okay with it. Yeah, uh, we're talking to Scott Rabb from Esquire Magazine, author of uh, Horror of Akron about LeBron and the NBA Finals. Do you think, though, um, thinking about the interest in it, feels um, it feels like the NBA in general is as healthy as it's been in a long time, uh, as far as um, you know, general talk about the league. And I know ratings are good. Um, do you think that him, if he hadn't switched teams, if this narrative hadn't existed, the heat narrative that I think this has part in part created, um, a controversy and a drama, um, about the league because it's given the league, you know, other teams, something to dislike, which is sometimes is as important as something to like. Um, I think it's, it's actually made the league healthier on some level. Economically, uh, I, I, I would have to agree with you. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, an arguable point that in terms of the brand, it's helped ESPN too. I be, I believe, I mean, there is certainly for me, for a lot of people, the way the decision played out on ESPN, and then the ESPN created the Heat Index, and it's it's all LeBron all the time. Very hard to tell where one brand ends and another begins when it comes to the NBA, LeBron James, and the worldwide leader in sports. It's been good for all of them. It's very tough for me yeah, as, a, yeah. as a Cleveland fan, and and also as as the old guy, the the guy who who really does like uh, baseball because there's still this code of honor where. You know, if you throw it a guy's head or you, 
you, you pose after a home run or you know that there's retribution uh, LeBron James would, would have been knocked around pretty good in, in prior eras and the league itself looks more and more like a, you know a Vince McMahon wrestling show uh, much more than, than than I can stomach but economically I think you're right it's wildly popular uh, I can say it's for some of the wrong reasons but that's really sour grapes. It's it's funny the um, the uh, you know you heard uh, obviously Rodman is a bit of an idiot um, talking. <laughs> well, he is. I mean, but he was talking about. But it, it's a story that's brought up a lot. Is that you know if these guys played this way, then they wouldn't be able to get into the lane the way they do. But I think the problem with that whole discussion is that that's assuming that if these guys were playing in that era, that they wouldn't also be able to play in that fashion as well you know like it's that if, if if all of a sudden you threw lebron back there and he grew up back there but he'd be like no 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 that's not what we do you know we flop and we you know he i'm sure he great basketball players are great basketball players and i think probably can figure out a way to exist in um in most any you know in most any era there's no question and and that's across sports and there's nothing nothing more sad or ridiculous than a retired player and it, and in Rodman's case, and, and I, I've profiled, uh, I've gotten tattooed with Rodman uh, back in 1994. He was a sweet young guy and, and, and not a dumb guy. And, and kids, uh, you know, drink in moderation. You know, yeah, yeah it's the truth. Well, yeah. if, uh, Iverson as well. I mean, you look at what's happened to Iverson's life, and that's yeah. partly because of alcohol, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, and, and then I guess the the final thing is the uh, and it'll be tor- the the thing that will be torture about the next season will be like already. It seems like the decision was just yesterday, yeah. and all the already we are at a point where LeBron can opt out. I mean, all three guys can opt out of their deal if they want, but LeBron can opt out of his deal. Uh, Wade is looking older. Um, you know, the the team is is old in general and has very little flexibility, uh, almost no flexibility actually for next year. And the rumors about LeBron going to the Lakers or the the, the and of course the Cavs is the other rumor. Um, a, do you think it's possible? And then B, the reaction would be, I mean, a parade, right? Well, the the parade would only occur uh, if if LeBron's return and a championship uh, coincided. I don't know that there'd be a parade simply for the return, but uh, the possibility is quite real. I, I, I say that with a couple of, of caveats. LeBron has already gotten a zoning clearance for his mansion outside of Akron to add an 8,000-square-foot building you know, to house like the collector car collection. He's rooted in the area. His wife, who has never uh, have been happy living in Miami, uh, they're rooted in, in the area, northeastern Ohio. Uh, for that to happen, and, and I'm troubled, by the way. Uh, I don't want to come off like I... I want it to happen. Hey, if that's the condition for a Cleveland team to win a championship, I'm good with that. But there are way too many Cleveland fans. This would not happen in Philly. It wouldn't happen in Boston. It wouldn't happen in a lot of places. A lot of Cleveland fans have been begging them for a couple of years now. Please, LeBron, please come back. I'm not yeah. one of those fans. What I'm saying is I think it would take real evidence on the court, meaning wins, if, if this year's Cavs team can win 45 or 50 games and look like an up-and-coming you know, squad with a core of really good young talent led by Kyrie Irving and all that, that's the only way LeBron, LeBron James yeah. is not going to come back and play for a, 
you know, a, a, an eighth seed uh, that doesn't look like he's going to make the difference. Why would he bother? Well, and that's why the the rumors about them, you know, that, that they've. I mean, and you don't want to you don't want to win the lottery every single year, you know. Oh, yeah. oh. So the you know the rumors about them wanting to whether it's Kevin Love, which I think my Minnesota would be crazy to trade at this point, but um, you know wanting to get uh, a veteran in there that you can sort of put with these guys to win some games. I it would be a it would be an interesting story. I'll tell you that. I'd much rather. I don't want to. I hate the Lakers. I mean, that would be that would be the first time you saw you'd see me conflicted about LeBron James if he goes to the <laughs> Lakers. I I don't know what I'd. I don't know what I do. I mean, I, I could, there's no way I could cheer for the Lakers. There's no way, especially if Kobe Bryant said there's just no way. It's, it's, inter- it's interesting, the, 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 just the level, the depth of the passion. <laughs> you know, it, I, it's one of the things, because I'm watching with my boy, who's 14. God love him. I was, and we were talking about it tonight. I, the Yankees, I couldn't have tolerated him being a Yankees fan. We live in North Jersey, so that could have happened. But I was, in a way, okay with the idea that he might not uh, choose Cleveland teams or, or, in this case, sit there tonight with me and root passionately for the Spurs to win. There's nothing There's nothing uh, wrong uh, with having this kind of thing, the sports thing. Talk about the father-son bond, you know, that, that it builds without any effort, really, on my part. Uh, I think the Eskins are, are another good example. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's great to be able to engage at that level of, of emotion, to bond with, with people you love. And, boy, it really feels kind of crappy when you're a Cleveland fan and, and, you know, stuff like tonight happens. So just in order to get some perspective, you know, it's good to talk to you. It's good to talk to the boy. And it's good to remember there is a next season. We're going to see what LeBron chooses to yeah, do yeah. at the end of it, and we're going to feel just as deeply one way or the other, whatever he decides to yeah. do. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on uh, tonight. It was a uh, is a it, like we we are we are forever linked because of uh, LeBron James. So I think it's um, but I, I I do appreciate you coming on and uh, it's an honor. Yeah, we, we met. We met cute, but if you remember the beginning of the the Twitter relationship, yeah. not not all that friendly. No, no, it was you being mean about LeBron and then me being mean right to you. It That's was, it was great. We've come a yeah. long way, you and me. We, we, if we if we can if we can get along, if I can get if we can change, if I can change and you can change, we all can change. Like There's Rocky a lesson, said, a lesson there. Not just for American sports fans, but I think for the Middle East as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow Scott Rabb on Twitter at ScottRabb64. Uh, read his stuff in Esquire. And the book is available on Amazon and a great, great book um, called Whore of Akron. Um, even if you like LeBron, it's a, an interesting read. If you're a sports fan at all, it's an interesting read. I appreciate it, brother. Me too. Thanks. All right, thanks, Scott. Uh, Chris, Al, Jeremiah all want to talk about the finals, and so do I. Uh, and a few lines for you to do as well and we'll do that next Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494 pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell my name is Spike Eskin 94 WIP Sports Time is 1220 I'm John Johnson with your 2020 sports update an NBA champion was crowned down in Miami final seconds what a finish! 
It's back-to-back titles for the Heat. The 2013 NBA championship resides once again in Miami. ABC with the call. Heat beat the Spurs 95-88 to to make it back-to-back titles. LeBron James, the MVP, 37 points, 12 boards. On the losing side, Tim Duncan, 24 points, 12 boards. So the Heat have now won back-to-back. Next up on the NBA docket, the draft next Thursday night. Sixers with the 11th overall pick. The Flyers. It's a 2 p.m. Dining only at participating locations. This is Philadelphia's sports station. This is the new sports radio. 94 WIP. I'm Spike Eskin talking about Game 7 of the NBA Finals. LeBron James, Miami Heat win two consecutive Championships, James with uh, four MVPs in five years, two straight uh, NBA Finals MVPs. I assume LeBron James won the Finals MVP, that right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know who else to give it to. Chris Bosh had zero points tonight. Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, and Mike Miller combined for zero points tonight. Um, that is unbelievable, especially when you consider there are only four guys. Wait. Oh wow! So really, okay. So really, only four guys scored for the Heat, and and, uh, and Chris Anderson had uh, Chris Anderson had three. Wow, that is amazing. Um, especially when you consider how big Ray Allen was in Game Six. Not just that shot; he played big in general. He actually played pretty well this whole series. Um, it's really interesting against the Spurs how much better they were without Wade on the floor. Simply because it creates that space. It sort of clogs up the middle of the floor for James. I want to get to get some calls here. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 in your AT&T and Verizon. So, Chris, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Spike. You know what? That was a good game tonight. i got to give it to the Miami Heat. I, I, I was hoping for a San Antonio seventh game comeback, but... You know, I'll give credit where credit is due. It just shows why Miami is a talented group of athletes. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, lot of, um, you know, into, uh, prom, you know, hope that they would, you know, win it no matter what and they would be up there in the top no matter what. And you, you saw it tonight. Um, the big three for the Spurs, got, I, I think, got gassed. And, yeah. um, there was a point in the game halfway through the third quarter where you saw Tim Duncan and Tony Parker on the bench, and not even two minutes later, they're already up coming in because Diaz's not getting it done down low, and nobody's scoring for him on the offensive side because all you have is Ginobili. Gerald Green's not, or Green's not doing anything, um, and what the other guy um, that they had on the floor wasn't doing much either. Like they had, they were just hoping and praying too much. Yeah, well, I think what happened with with the concern with you know when I was watching Game Six, you sort of got the feeling from San Antonio just based on the minutes and be based on how sort of uh, Duncan came out that they were almost treating Game Six um, like it was Game Seven. You always try to win every game, but it felt felt like they were going like that extra inch to try to get Game Six done. And Duncan, um, you know, when he was being guarded one on one, whether it was Bosch or Chris Anderson tonight, did not have that same um, you know sort of dominant uh, presence no he couldn't even get the same sort of position I felt like he was fighting with Anderson the same like it it was not able to get the same position that he could in game six and then you know you saw that it was reminiscent of that shot that uh, Patrick Ewing missed years ago Mm -hmm. but that that little hook shot that sort of rolled in and out was a a huge shot but 
um, it was a, you know, as an NBA fan, um, this series was you had the two best teams playing seven games, and games six and seven were, were classic. They were classic games with the best players playing their best. It was sort of I'm about to call you by your father's name. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, um, you know, if if you're a, a Sam Hankey or any other GM in the league, don't you want to throw the, the the kitchen at these guys, at guys like Bosch and well, not Bosch particularly, but Wade and LeBron? Don't you want to throw the kitchen sink at them? You know, almost and try to get them on your side. Yeah, but the problem I mean, is, th- thanks for the call, Chris. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Um, the problem with with the NBA in that respect is that everyone can pay them essentially the. Essentially the same thing. Unless they're your player and you can give that that one extra year and that few percent more, um, throwing a bunch of money at them doesn't matter because they can all throw – all the teams can throw money. That's – it's sort of the, the positive and the negative about the NBA is that, you know, and especially with the new um, with the new luxury tax coming in is that teams like the Knicks and the Lakers used to be able to outspend because you can – it's a soft cap. You can go over the cap. But now because that luxury tax number is so big and so – especially in the next couple of years, they're not going to be able to do it. So what you have to provide is not money – you have to provide a, a great organization. You have to provide a team that they think they can win on and a city that they want to live in. And it, I think that's why it's going to be hard uh, eventually for a team like Cleveland or Oklahoma City because I don't, I just don't think it's a destination for people. Once you, are, once you have the player, if you draft them and can keep them there, that's great. But attracting a free agent I think is going to be difficult. But, um, you know, the, the Sixers could throw $17 million at LeBron James, but so could everybody else. So I don't think that's what gets the job done. Al, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Great, great. I just watched the champions win the second one in a row. Um, first of all, you know, I want to say there's a lot of LeBron James haters out there. There are. You know, for one, because he switched teams so quick, things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what you got to do to win. And, you know, that, that goes from sports to life also. You know, if I'm in a position where I'm not getting what I want, I'm going to go somewhere and get it, you know. Well, yeah, you got a lot of front runners out here rooting for the San Antonio Spurs, but half of them haven't even watched them half of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what's funny is that people that are doing that will call people cheering for the Heat front runners, but they're, they're really the same thing. Yeah. You know, if you're a Spurs fan this week from Philadelphia, chances are you're a front runner. <laughs> Um, you know what I always think about, and clearly LeBron James left the wrong way, and I thought it was terrible the way that he did it. But I think it's funny how so many people in Philadelphia um, would call out LeBron James for going to a different team so he could win, but then cheer for Cliff Lee when he comes to Philadelphia to do the same thing, right? I mean, how is it any different, right? I mean, it's the same thing. So, um, and you're right, LeBron James did it the wrong way, but um, but you know, you go to a team to win. It, you know, I, yeah. mean, I don't. I don't know how else you want to leave a team at his age with his type of credibility. I mean, I, I'm not mad at him for that, you know. But personally, I'm a Sixers fan first and foremost. You know. Yeah, you and me both. It, yeah. You know what? The reason I get wrapped up in stuff like that is because it, over the last few years, it's felt so empty around here with the Sixers. <laughs> I mean, honestly, two of my best basketball memories. This is how sad. This is how sad my basketball memories are as a Sixers fan. And I still like these moments, but this is how sad it is. My two favorite moments, I think, as a Sixers fan over the last decade are when uh, Lou Williams' three-pointer to be the Heat, which essentially was winning one game in the first yeah, round. I remember that. <laughs> and then... 
uh, Iguodala's free throws to beat the Bulls uh, two years ago. So, uh, you got me on that one. I don't remember that one. Uh, well, I mean, the, he's, he sunk two free throws to beat the Bulls. But basically what we're talking about is two first-round wins. <laughs> That's my. Those are my big memories as a uh, Sixers fan. So. One of my best memories of the Sixers was Allen Iverson 2002 first game in L.A. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. stepping over Tyron Lue, man. I mean, we won't ever forget that. Yeah. Um, all right, man. I appreciate the call, brother. All right, thanks, man. Thanks, y'all. Um, yeah, I just uh, my man uh, Chuck on uh, on Twitter is angry at me for comparing LeBron and Kobe Bryant. Look, I never wanted to do that. That that starts with Kobe people. Kobe people are the ones that want to compare LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. They are the ones that say that Kobe that LeBron James doesn't hit the the he doesn't he's doesn't have rings and he doesn't hit the last second jumpers and the that's from Kobe people. So the reason that I want to compare the Kobe and LeBron thing is not because I want to do it. It's because you started that discussion. You, Kobe Bryant people, started that narrative. So I would like to squash that whole thing. I'll do that next. Also have Todd, Jeremiah, Calvin, Kyle, and Gary. Oh, Kyle, that's uh, Kyle, Kyle. So we'll get to that. Also have a couple lines open as well. Extremely voice line, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Remember, I did not start the LeBron and Kobe thing. They play different positions, and LeBron is clearly a superior player anyway. So uh, why would I even want to start that discussion? There are two different levels of player. Uh, I'm Spike Askin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 1235. WIP's Ultimate Garage. Nearly $50,000 in prizes is about to be given away. Join Hollis Thomas and Rob Cherry tomorrow afternoon at Kmart in Clemenson. Lunch catered by Italian Affair, Fat Jack's Barbecue, and Hooters. Someone wins our Ultimate Garage, which includes a 2013 Dodge from Van Chrysler Jeep Dodge and Feynman, New Jersey. A 2012 Triumph Bonneville 900cc motorcycle from Cherry Hill Motorsports. A C1 from Dixie Chopper, the world's fastest riding lawnmower. And more. Total value worth nearly $50,000. You still have a few more chances to win. Go to cbsphilly.com slash garage for details. WIP's Ultimate Garage happens on Sports Radio 94. WIP. Summer's here and it's time to ride on a new Harley from Barb's Harley. Davidson. Barb's is having their swing into summer new bike. For WIP. Spike asking with you until 2 and uh, the unmatched handsome Mark Farzetta takes over in for Big Daddy Graham. Mark Farzetta, I think Mark would call himself a, you're a LeBron hater, right? If you had to pick one side. No? Not? On the side of hater, right? If we have to, if we have well, to pick one way. side, I was I was definitely rooting for the Spurs. Okay, but I mean, as I've watched LeBron, yeah, I mean, I I've grown to really I love his game. He's the most entertaining player to watch. Yeah. He's the best player right now. Okay, I, the only thing that I get frustrated is all hell. And you and I were just talking about this is the people that it's like right away, even now, Jordan. Oh, he's better than Jordan already. And I understand it's a small contingent of the fan base, but they seem to scream the loudest. Yeah. And it annoys the hell out of me. I do think, too, I think people romanticize the way that Jordan, like, to those people, Michael Jordan has also never missed a shot, never, like, uh, right. you right. know, I understand. I, yeah, there's a, there's, all that's weird. They play two different positions anyway. Well, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah. But, I mean, when you talk about outside game versus inside game, Jordan's inside game was the fadeaway, you know, yeah. uh, and his outside game was pretty solid all around. LeBron's outside game has grown tremendously right? over the yeah, last couple shot, of years. Yeah, shot 41% from three this year. You, got, you gotta give him credit for that. Yeah. The haters are the ones that will deny reality. Yeah, yeah. I never de- deny reality. Okay, all right, fair that's enough. That's where I am on that. Fair enough. So you're 
you're on the oh, negative that, side, but not hater. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Right? No, that's exactly. You want him to lose, but not not a hater. I am on the negative side, correct? Right, but not a hater because I acknowledge reality. Fair enough. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, you have more and more coming up at two. Negative, but not hater radio coming up at two o'clock. All right, before we got a a bunch of people on hold, I want to get to you, but I promised I'd do this, so I do it. At age twenty-eight. Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James at age 28 played the same number of seasons in the NBA. This is at age 28. MVP awards, LeBron James four, Kobe Bryant one. Um, Titles, Kobe Bryant three, LeBron James two. Um, Points, LeBron James over Kobe Bryant. Field goal percentage, LeBron James over Kobe Bryant. Uh, Assists, LeBron James with 1,800 more than Kobe Bryant. Rebounds, LeBron James with 1,500 more than Kobe Bryant. Uh, Three-point shooting percentage tied at 37%. LeBron has 200 more steals, uh, 200 more blocks, and shoots a lower free throw percentage. Oh, and LeBron has two finals MVPs and Kobe had none. And Kobe wasn't the best player on any of those three teams that won championships at that point. So if up to age 28, uh, LeBron has more MVPs, more finals MVPs, more points, more rebounds, more assists, more steals, more blocks. I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy, but if you want to compare the two, I, I don't know. I just, I, oh, and LeBron James is a better defender. Kobe was a very good defender, but LeBron James is better. So I don't know. If, I, if I'm to compare the two... <laughs> if I'm to compare the two, I just I don't know what the argument for Kobe is. That that he had Shaquille O'Neal on his team is that the argument? Just, I don't I don't know. Um, and okay, we'll stop there. Uh, Jeremiah, you're on ninety four WIP. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Um, I'm just heartbroken. Uh, I I'm not a LeBron hater. I love LeBron. In my opinion, I think he's the best player to ever play in the NBA. That's just my opinion. But I hate the city of Miami. Yeah, not even real sports fans. It's the I worst that they won. But can I just rant about the Spurs? Yeah, can I just say one thing about them as sports fans? Um, I think uh, when when LeBron was, and this is going to set. Please just hear me out on this. When LeBron was a free agent, the it really the the the, the city that deserved LeBron James, the New York Knicks fans fill that building. Year after year after year, and that team has won one playoff series in 13 years. Um, it is a basketball mecca. Like, if, if, if there was one town that he should have gone to, if he really wanted, you know, star power and great fans, I would have much rather seen LeBron James in New York as a basketball fan, not as a Sixers fan. I, I don't want him on the Knicks. But him to go to Miami instead of New York was just, that was a bummer to me, you know, because those are good fans. Knicks fans are great fans. They're annoying, but they're great fans. But Spurs, go ahead. Absolutely agreed with you. Absolutely. The Spurs, if, just hear me out. If I'm, an, if I'm mono, all right, after this game, and I'm splitter, and Danny Green, if I'm them, I'm both hiring a driver, and I'm hiring, a, I'm getting a boat, and I'm going out to the middle of the ocean. I'm blindfolding myself, tying myself with back of my hands behind my back, and I'm diving in the ocean and killing myself. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Because that's how bad they play tonight. But they, you... mono is horrible. If I'm mono, I'm doing that. I'm being eaten by a shark right away in the middle of Miami's ocean. He's 36. You know, like exactly. I, I just 
hang him up, you loser. Well, I hate oh, man. Bono right now. I hate him. Well, you're not he a Spurs fan, are you? No, Sixers fan all the way. But I wanted the Knicks. I hate the city of Miami. They're not even American citizens down there. Well, I... <laughs> I hate that city with a passion. They're not real sports fans. I, and for Mono, the turn over the ball like he turned over the ball tonight just makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me want to go out there. Anybody could have played better than him. He's horrible. And Splitter, my God, how's this guy even in the league? He deserves not. And Pop, Pop blew the game last game. Game six, the Spurs had it in their back pocket and they choked. Well, but oh they choked. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Popovich didn't miss free throws like Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, and Kawhi Leonard did. That wasn't Popovich missing free throws, was it? And no, it wasn't absolutely right. Uh, absolutely so right. you know what I mean? Like, like you can't. You know, they could have very every every coaching decision, but not having Duncan in and blah 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 blah. If they hit one free throw, one friggin' free throw, that Ray Allen three pointer only brings the Heat to within one and doesn't tie it. And you know, so you know, it is what it is. Um, I. I, I thanks for the call, man. The, the Manu stuff is—I don't think he needs to jump in the ocean. He's—he's he's played like this most of the year. You know, he hasn't been good. He's done. Uh, I think Splitter's actually a nice player, a nice—you uh, know—bench big. Or, um, but yeah, he didn't play well tonight either. But when you look at the Heat. Uh, Bosch didn't score, Ray Allen didn't score, Mike Miller didn't score. So it's not like their role players were doing anything either. It comes down to your bet, your best players have to perform. And Duncan wasn't good enough and Parker wasn't good enough. Calvin, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing, bro? I'm good. How are you? I just want to bring some, some, bring some balance. And, uh, you had a guy a couple callers ago talk about front running Spurs fans. Nah, bro, he got it the other way around. When you go to the when you go to Sixers Miami Heat games at the Wells Fargo Center, who you see down there? You see these front running chumps from Philly down there, like they from Miami. Probably never been to Miami. Miami. You see them lanes down there rooting for the Miami Heat, and they from Philly. Not the other way around. Not Spurs fans. I only I'm and I'm a Sixers fan, diehard. I was born in Philly, but yeah, I, I rooted for the I rooted for the San Antonio Spurs. But I'm but I'm, that don't make me no Spurs fan. So for the board to call in and say that. That people here is front runner for the Spurs. No, I man, I just wanted the Spurs to win. That don't make me a Miami Heat hater. Yeah, I think everybody. I think he was just. I think he was being funny. I think. Yeah, I don't even think he was being funny. <laughs> I don't even know what he was talking about, man. I think. I think everybody. When it comes down to, if you love basketball, right? It yeah, comes down to the finals. Well, I'm thirty-eight years old. I mean, well, I'm thirty-six. And we both love basketball. When it comes down to the finals, you want to cheer for one team rather than the other right. team. So yeah, and, I, I, and, that, and that's what it is. I, I rooted for the Spurs. I lost, but no, I'm man up to, to admit that I get proud to Miami. I, matter of fact, I get proud to LeBron James. But for somebody to say that that people is front running Spurs fans, no, nah, man, you don't hear you never hear anybody calling this station talking about these Spurs fans. But you do hear these lames calling and talking about they diehard Miami Heat fans. These dudes probably never been to Miami. Yeah. They probably never been to Florida. Yeah. They've been to Florida. It's probably because they was in the federal federal penitentiary. These dudes ain't never been to Florida, man. They ain't, they ain't Spurs fans. Man, so ask these lames who, who said they Miami Heat fans and all that. Ask them to send you some Instagrams or whatever about them being at a Miami Heat game. They not. They frauds, man. I re- this I mean this the same thing with it's, cow- it's, I mean, balls, man. it's Cowboys fan. They're Cowboys yeah, fans. They're and- they the same clowns. They they in my age range. These the same clowns who I, and I keep saying this. These the same clowns who rooted for the Cowboys back in the day. They the same clowns that rooted for the Chicago Bulls back in the day. These the same dudes. 
same clowns, man. You know what the worst part is? I say people is front-running Spurs fans. We ain't no front-running Spurs fans. I just want the Spurs to beat Miami because I can't stand these front-running chump. He fans who from Philly and they ain't never been in Miami. That's why I'm rooting for the Spurs. I can't, That's why. I ain't, I like LeBron. I, he's a young, he young dude. I like him. But these chumps who root for Miami ain't never been there. They're, they're the ones that got beef with them clowns. Can I tell you the most disappointing thing about our whole conversation here? That? Is that we're in Philly. It's the NBA. And all we're talking right, about I, is the Spurs and right. the Heat. Isn't it depressing? Not, not really because I'm a diehard NBA fan. Okay. These lames call in this uh, Miami Heat stuff and all that. That that That's when I get offended. Yeah. These, these clowns, they need, they need, they really, they, you don't even hear a, 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 a deep down south accent. These uh, Miami Heat fans calling. They don't have an accent. Where they from? They from Philly. They from North Philly. They the Pookies, the Ray Rays, and the Cats. <laughs> That's who these dudes are. They ain't from. They ain't from the South. They ain't Miami Heat fans. Come on, man. Calvin. Thank you for taking my call, man. Calvin, I don't even want to hold you up. No, no, no. I just want to tell you, you're not yeah. holding me up. If I had a prize, I would give it to you tonight well, because you were the best caller I'm of the good, night. Man. All right. Pretty bless you. I'm good. But uh, all right, these front running Heat fans, man, they can go to hell. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike, can you can you make sure? Can you email me that call? Can you pull that audio? That is just that is the greatest call I think I've gotten. He was determined. He was not letting me take him off track. He was respectful about it, but he was not letting me take him off track. It was amazing. Amazing call. Kyle is next. Uh, Dan, Tori, and Todd are also going to check in with Ange Goldstein, the official uh, WWE correspondent of the Spike Eskin program. And then uh, V. Tversky, uh, uh senior editor of Slam Magazine, will be checking in from American Airlines Arena uh, around 1.30. So that's all coming up. Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. I'm Spike Eskin, 94 WIP Sports Time is 12.54. They are your parents or grandparents or other elderly loved ones. In your youth, you looked up to them. Now they are in your care, and you have entrusted that care to what you thought was a compassionate nursing home. But something went wrong, terribly wrong. There have been unexplained problems and injuries due to what you suspect is nursing home neglect. Your family member has become a victim, sustaining injuries from a fall due to neglect, bed sores, even wrongful death may have occurred due to nursing home neglect. It's time to call the law firm of Schwartz-Culleton at 1-800-JUSTICE, J-U-S-T-I-C-E. Schwartz-Culleton knows how to deal with this form of neglect and will fight for cash compensation for these damages. Call 1-800-JUSTICE. Your family member fought for you when you were young. Now, it's your turn to fight for them. Call Schwartz-Culleton at 1-800-JUSTICE. That's 1-800-587-8423. If you've had a fire, water damage, roof damage, or tree hitting your home, your neighborhood public adjusters can help you right now with immediate response. You'll always get 24-7 live service. Never an answering machine. At your neighborhood public adjusters, your care is their first priority. They're committed to you, advocating on your behalf. Never for the insurance companies. They know how to deal with the insurance companies. And your neighborhood public adjusters do all the paperwork necessary to get your claim settled properly. No paper hassles or frustrations. Their adjuster will stay with you. 
you for the entire process and make sure that you're protected. So if you've had a fire, water damage, roof damage, or a tree hitting your home, call your neighborhood public adjusters right now at 1-800-749-7900 to see how they can help you with many years of experience. Let the experts at your neighborhood public adjusters handle all aspects of loss recovery. They recover for you or their service is free. Your neighborhood public adjusters. Call now 1-800-749-7900 or visit your neighborhood public adjusters.com. If you still not refinance your mortgage, well, soon you might be kicking yourself in the head. I've never seen rates this low since I started Westland Financial over 10 years ago, but I can assure you this, that the rates will be going up soon. So don't delay. Let us lower your monthly payment, consolidate a first and second, pay off other debt, or drop you into a 15-year loan with no closing costs. That's right. Nothing's rolled into your loan. We'll pay for your appraisal, title, underwriting, settlement fee, everything. Do not miss out on this historic opportunity, whether to purchase or refinance, you'll pay no closing costs. You won't spend a dime. Think about it. All it takes is a five-minute phone call to find out how we can save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. You can't afford to be giving money away, so call us at 888-945-4145. The only way you can lose money is not to call Westland Financial. We make loans you can live with for a long time. That's 888-945-4145. 888-945-4145. Westland Financial Corp. is licensed by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Department of Banking. NMLS number 3304. Not all loans apply. Equal housing lender. Toyota buyers are kicking off the summer of 2013 with Peruzzi Toyota and Hetfield's Employee Pricing Event. Now you pay with Peruzzi Toyota Pays. New 2013 Camry LEs are just $89 a month. RAV4 LE SUVs, just $129 a month. 2013 Prius 2 Liftbacks, just $139 a month. And Peruzzi Toyota and Hetfield gives you 20% over current market value for your trade. Get Peruzzi Toyota Employee Pricing during the Summer of Savings Sales Event at Peruzzi Toyota Hatfield. $35.95 down plus tax tax title based on 24 month lease. 131 dealer.vx. Zero security deposit paid for TFS. Offer expires 629.13. Hi, I'm Pete from Chicky and Pete's, where we love food just as much as you do. We're known for being the home of fan-friendly fun, but we're famous for our food. Yes, our glorious food. We are the crustacean sensation, the crab and finger food specialists. We make magic with shellfish. Come enjoy the finest seafood delicacies. Season and serve the Chicky and Pete's way. Gloriously messy, bread-dipping good crabs every day of the week. Chicky and Pete's, famous for seafood since 1977. Chicky and Pete's, ah, where else? These are Philadelphia Originals. The Spectrum. The Italian Market. And Sports Radio 94. WIP. Live from the Tasty Cake Studios. WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. Coming up in a moment, we will uh, check in on what's going on in the world of WWE with uh, WWE official correspondent of the Spike Eskin program, Ange Goldstein. I'm Spike Eskin. Uh, Xfinity Voice Line 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 in your ATT and Verizon cell. We will surround Ange with uh, tons of uh, LeBron James and NBA Finals talk. Mark Farzetta will be up at 2 um, talking about the same thing. Kyle, what's up, buddy? Yeah, Spike, you're really going to make me follow Calvin? Calvin was... It was the call of the that night. That call was unbelievable. It was the call. He, here is what, okay, so here is what was so brilliant about Calvin, aside from the content itself. Calvin had a point he wanted to make and did not want me to get in the way of that point, but he was respectful in his cast in his casting me aside. You know, every time I wanted to bring up a point, he'd be like, no, but he would. it wouldn't be like he was dismissing me. It was, uh, it was like, it was unbelievable because you know he didn't have it written down. You know, it was um, it was unbelievable. 
Yeah, well, you were like the Chris Bosch of your own radio show. Yeah. You were there, and everybody knew you were there, but you didn't actually really do anything. Yeah. kind of, he dominated, and he, he took out, it was, I, I just, hats off to that guy. Well, he remember, Bosch still gets a ring, so so do I. It was on my radio program. Uh, so. With your zero points, I guess. Yeah. Well, but, I I'll, mean, I'll tell you, Kyle. I came away from watching that game tonight. I wasn't getting into the paint all that much. Yeah, I think I think really, uh, you know, saying the other day that honestly, whoever won this series after Game Six, I sort of figured whoever won this series won the series. You know, you just sort of like there's enough great players on both sides where the the winner of Game Seven was going to be the team that had their great players play the best. And I think when you look at their, you know, everybody's saying like. You know, uh, a caller before Calvin was saying, you know, Manu played terrible and Jeff Green played terrible. Well, look at what we're talking about. We're talking about role players. You know, Jeff Green doesn't, shouldn't be shooting 70% from three and Manu hasn't played well all year. And you look at Miami and they got nothing out of Bosch and nothing out of Miller and nothing out of Ray Allen. So essentially it just came down to LeBron James and Dwayne Wade versus Duncan and uh, and Tony Parker. And sometimes LeBron and Wade are going to get the better of that. And they got the better of that tonight. So, you know, who knows? You play this game ten times. I, you know, I think maybe Miami wins six, but I don't think it's more than that, you know? So I think, yeah, and you're right, you know. LeBron was he his jumper did not fall at all the entire series. It actually oh, didn't yeah. even fall against Indiana either. Um, and you sort of wonder if that was partially because he's exerting more energy on defense, and that's the first thing that goes is your jumper. And I think they got into his head a little bit. But you're right; if he's going to go five of ten from three, there's not much you can do. You know, there's against him. I mean that that makes him un, uh, officially a hundred percent unguardable. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at Danny Green, and he was in his, uh, when he got talked to at halftime during when he was on fire, he was just saying, oh, well, first and foremost, I got to thank God. So, I mean, this guy was, he must have been touched by God the yeah. first five games, and then God just lost interest in the series. Because, I mean, you go one for 12, whether you're shooting layoffs or shooting threes, it's going to hurt the team. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it was funny. Tim Duncan, I couldn't believe that Duncan missed that bunny at the end when it was a two-point game. Yeah. He missed a, a baby hook. That that's like his his go-to move. And then he missed a putback. That that's like nine and a half out of ten times Tim Duncan finishes that shot. I, I just blew my mind. I wrote something uh, last year, I think it was last year, about um, it's it's moments like that. That you really, you know, we always say game of inches and it's cliche, but think about the amount, the, the amount of space, of total space that was the difference between that. Tim, Tim Duncan has taken that shot a million times and probably made it 800,000 times of those million. And, and think about the distance. If that shot had traveled half an inch shorter, it hits the rim different, it falls through. Maybe they win the game. So we're basically talking about of of this entire season, of that entire seven game series. If the the narrative of all of this is changed, if that shot falls a half an inch shorter, and if you can think about it in so many different 
um, so many different times. When you think about that that jumper that Vince Carter missed at the end of the game, um, where the Raptors didn't beat the Sixers in oh you know, God, that game, yeah. But think about that that Vince Carter shot almost went in. So if yeah. if that jumper goes in, if it's an inch shorter and it goes in, all of a sudden Vince Carter isn't, you know, people probably remember him differently. That run to the finals never happens, you know, with the Sixers. And you know, you know what I mean? Like it's just amazing that that 1 inch or 2 inches can change things and that's sort of, you know, Tim Duncan probably he didn't choke. He he probably shot that shot no different than he's ever shot that shot. It was just a half an inch away you know what i mean like that's that's basically all it is and and that's why the whole the lebron clutch narrative is just so ridiculous because i mean i got it when when they played dallas i mean you could see that he obviously kind of he shot away from the pain he wasn't the player that he normally is but to say that he's not clutch based on one series is ridiculous after like the shots this guy made against orlando when he hit a shot from like yeah, it was halfway like, between mid court and the three point line, just pulled up. He had no options other than you need to hit this three or this game's over. Yeah, well, I'll the tell guy you what. Has come up time and time again, and it's I, I just think it's so ridiculous. Well, it's, well, it's, after tonight, it's got it's got to be gone forever. I mean, it's just got to be gone. I forever. mean, I hope so, yeah. but because of all the the Jordan and all those comparisons, you never really know when it stops because the people that focus on that rather than appreciating the scope of his career for how great he is. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever be satisfied. I appreciate the call, Kyle. Uh, so get, I'll, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, get to bed. All right. All right and Goldstein, it's been, it's been too long, I feel like. Sure. Yeah, how are you? I'm great, brother. Edge Goldstein, the uh, official WWE correspondent of the Spike Eskin program, also producer of VH1's Big Morning Buzz Live with Carrie Keegan. Um, so, you know, well, first of all, um, you know, any uh, reaction from Edge's world of on tonight's uh, tonight's big win for the Miami Heat? Well, I just gotta say, uh, first off, the Birdman is just a tailor-made WWE superstar. He sure is. I mean, yeah. I mean, even for how he acts, from that the hair and the tattoos and the he's got everything. He's got heel written all over him. Yeah, I mean, he's a uh, uh, slight nod to Coco Beware there with the name, but uh, um, I don't know. I, I I just watched I watched uh, you know Game Six, Game Seven, and I just can't. I just stare at the TV and I can't help but think the Sixers don't even have a coach. Yeah. It's like Bolstra has two titles. Uh, Jason Kidd retires, becomes a coach. Uh, the the Celtics are trying to trade their coach to the Clippers, and the Sixers don't even have one. Yeah, and their best player didn't play last year. You know, welcome, welcome to NBA if you're a Philadelphia sports fan. It uh, is it's so frustrating. But luckily, we have wrestling to fall back on. It's the summer when WWE gets, uh, you know, finally decides to make their programming uh, consistently entertaining. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, uh, since WrestleMania, I had told you I checked out a little bit because I thought WrestleMania was sort of disappointing and not in the, um, you know, super snarky WWE fan way where everything sucks. I really just I didn't think WrestleMania was great. And then just after WrestleMania, it was just a snore fest. But the last couple of weeks between Payback and Raw, uh, it's really it's really started to, to ramp back up. This la- I mean, it, traditionally, WWE in the summer uh, ramps up 
their storylines and, you know, they, they do sort of big gimmicky things because people's attention, they're able to steal people's attention in the summer because it's not, it's not elsewhere, especially after the finals. But last Monday's Raw was one of those um, sort of, you know, indelible shows that, that you'll look back on sort of five, ten years from now. There's, there's a handful of, of episodes of Raw. I mean, so many things happen. You, had, I mean, even small things. You had Christian return. That got a huge pop. You had uh, Caitlyn's uh, wardrobe malfunction, which kind of people didn't realize until after the show. Yeah. And then you had the big, you know, then you had uh, the big Mark Henry swerve retirement speech. And then you had Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, show up and just destroy CM Punk, which leads to a huge, huge dream scenario of Paul Heyman in the middle of his two best friends and the, the just the the potential of the promo work between Paul Heyman and CM Punk is just, you know, as a wrestling fan, I'm just salivating. Yeah, well, they, they should, they should, wherever the microphones are, they should set, make sure they set Brock Lesnar across the ring from the microphone, nowhere near it. Because let those two guys work that without, like, I think Lesnar's, like, the last thing I want to do is hear Lesnar. No, but that, I mean, that's why you have uh, a jealous, uh, Paul Heyman, a scorned Paul Heyman, yep. sort of, you know, said, I, I don't need you anymore. Kind of like Tommy Gunn to Rocky and Rocky Five. Yeah, very I similar. Can just, I can do it on my own, and uh, it's just going to lead to great things. My question with, uh, just going back to the Mark Henry thing, I mean, that was riveting stuff. He, actual tears. He, he hit all the cliches in the retirement speech. He put his boots up on the ramp. He uh, he said, "Baby, I'm coming home." He he made the joke about his wife being mad because she's going to have to spend too much time with him, like all the cliche retirement speech um, isms. And then Cena goes in for the hug, and he and he uh, world strong and slams him. And it was just one of those like one uh, A below uh, CM Punk's pipe, uh, pipe bomb. Yeah, it was it was it was great, especially because you knew. Okay, he's not really going to retire. They're, they're setting it up too much. But it's still, he sold it so well that it was still a nice, it was a nice surprise at the end when he did. Um, and I think he, he had to sell it that well because I felt like the setup was too obvious in the first place. Uh, talking to Ange Goldstein, official WWE correspondent of the Spike Eskin Show. So let me ask you something in general uh, based on uh, Mark Henry's return and, and Punk coming back recently. Every time a guy takes time off, even if the guy isn't really like a top, top of the line name, when that guy comes back, there's genuine excitement. I feel like that happens so frequently that they need to do a better job, even with top talent, of sort of cycling guys in and out. Because I don't think anything, there's no excitement the WWE better than when a guy is gone and then comes back. And I feel well, like they don't capitalize on it enough. It, it's a great point. You know, that's the unfortunate part about the model uh, that WWE f- sort of created uh, for modern wrestling now. Because back in the day, in the 80s, the 70s, 80s, let's take a guy like Randy Orton, who's been around for 13 years. A guy like Randy Orton could leave, go to the different territories for six, eight months, get off of TV, people forget about him, and then come back. And that happened all the time. Guys would just leave. You'd be like, well, what happened to Rowdy Rowdy Piper? I haven't seen him in a while. And then he would come back. And that was sort of those guys had those territories to go to. Nowadays, 
there's nowhere for these guys to go. Once you, you get to the, the sort of WWE level, you're not going to leave and do a couple shows for Ring of Honor and then come back. I mean, it's going to be years until you can sort of leave and come back if you have to. And that's why, you know, the, the few times in the past when John Cena has, has uh, flirted with major injury, I've almost, you know, it's, hard, it's horrible to say, but I've almost been excited because it's like, oh, okay, well, he hurt his Achilles. Now we're going to get eight months without Cena. He'll come back and be fresh. I mean, when Cena returned at the Royal Rumble a few years ago, I mean, that was the most exciting, that was, tremendously exciting but you're right when a guy returns like even a mid-card guy like christian he came back on raw he got a huge pop yeah people want new um and yeah and the, the best way to give them new is is with new guys but is making you know even when they got i feel like the best the guy who, who who has figured that out at least for himself is chris jericho like always seems to leave at the right time and then come back and it's exciting I mean, I, oh, yeah. you know, Jericho's real, and it's because he has something else to do. You know, he has the band. Most of these guys don't have, I guess, that other thing to do. Or the, you know, the the rock goes away, comes back. Um, but I, I feel I, like it could really help these other guys. Jericho's a great point. I've been saying all week that uh, making the the sort of analogy. I'm trying to find a better comparison, but right now, I feel like Chris Jericho's becoming Robert Ory. Yes. You know, he, he, he has like a million titles, but he'll never be like the Magic Johnson or the, the Michael Jordan. And, but whenever he plays, whenever he, he, uh, gets in the ring, he can get an amazing match out of somebody. He's amazing on the microphone. And he, you know, he has the crowd in the palm of, in the palm of his hands. He's like the ultimate wrestling utility guy. Um, Talking to Ange Goldstein, official WWE correspondent for the Spike Eskin show, uh, along with and I'm talking in sort of in general themes here because that's what I was I was thinking about as I was watching this week. The other thing, along with guys going away and coming back, is the you know as wrestling has become more and more about story and people have become more and more aware of it. I feel like the heel babyface or good guy bad guy dynamic is stranger and more difficult to figure out than it's ever been. And guys like Ziggler, who I, I don't think are working as a bad guy because people like them too much, or guys that, um, or guys that you know become successful you know, and sort of switch. It's like Daniel Bryan became so big as a heel, then he became uh, a babyface. But like the guys that sort of sit in the middle there, it feels like there are a ton of them that that don't quite get enough reaction because people don't know what to think of them. Like people don't know if Miz is a good guy or a bad guy. People don't know if Ziggler's a good guy or a bad guy. It's well, a very interesting dynamic, I think. Now, WWE. I mean, the booking is so it's so uh, week to week with which side of the ledger a guy is on. And Daniel Bryan's a great, he's a great example. I mean, um, it's been looking like they want to turn him heel, but he gets such an amazing babyface reaction that even when he's doing the heel stuff and the complaining about being the weak link, uh, you know, he's just a babyface. There's nothing you can do about it. And, and um, the, you, bring, you bring up Ziggler, I mean, they did a full-on double switch at payback with Del Rio and Dolph Ziggler. Del Rio went back to being a heel because he was not working as a babyface, and they finally turned uh, Ziggler into the sympathetic babyface because with the whole concussion and, and Del Rio taking advantage of the concussion. And actually, um, one of my favorite parts about Raw was Ziggler coming out at the end of that match and, and really taking it to Del Rio. And 
I think he's going to be better off as a babyface. We've all been hoping that it was coming. But, yeah, the line is completely nebulous now. It kind of started with Vince Russo throwing out that whole book back uh, in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, doing away with the whole bad guy good thing and coming up with uh, the whole attitude era, which, uh, you know, rock Austin, those guys that, that tread the line. And now it's, it, it literally is week to week. And that's why a guy like Mark Henry stands out so much because he's literally the best heel going today. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And he does such believable heel work that, like, there's no, there's not even a possibility of him of you thinking he's a babyface. Yeah, and and sometimes, like, you know, I felt like Punk had to oversell it so much. And then there's the guys that are just good at it, like Sandow. Like he's so everybody knows how they're supposed to react. They're supposed to boo, but they like booing him. Um, it's you know, it's part of it. But it, that exists in sort of that cartoony version of it. Yeah, um, fans fans are partly to, to blame too. I mean, obviously they pay the ticket; they can do what they want. But the, the whole idea of the fans becoming part of the show with the chance. And that kind of stuff, and the 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 purposely cheering for the heels. I mean, fans have bought into this whole, you know, doing away with heels and baby faces, and and they kind of do things like that um, on purpose. But I would one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, with the heel baby face dynamic is that wrestlers don't really know how to be heels uh, nowadays. I mean, how many times do you hear a wrestler just talk about? Uh, not getting the respect he deserves. I mean, it's like, it's so played out now. Like, I'm not getting the respect I deserve. I'm the best in the world. I'm better than you. And there's like so many other ways to garner heat that, uh, quote unquote heat that, uh, heels look for. And they just don't know how to do it anymore because there is no, there, there's no, uh, learning process for that. They go through WWE developmental. They, they debut on Raw and, and that's it. They don't really learn the art of, of making the crowd hate you. Yeah, which is what you have to do. You know what I mean? You have to do a nut. You have to, even sometimes the cheap ways. I feel like they don't even know the cheap ones sometimes, you know? Uh, like the insulting the city or I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing yeah. this for me. The dumb they stuff. They don't even do that anymore. They should send your dad down to WWE. <laughs> you know. so he knows it. I mean, he's, you know, he's an original sports radio heel. He um, those guys a few things. Uh, we only have a, a minute left, but I just wanted to tell you, I, uh, I want to like Curtis Axel, even though the name's terrible, but I'm just, I'm not buying it yet. I'm just you not, know, I'm not into it yet. I, uh, well, you and I went back and forth a little bit because A, I hate the name. Anytime, anytime a, a new wrestler debuts and his name is like a, na- is, is a noun, it never works. <laughs> and his hairline is like receding worse than LeBron's. Yep. The, so it's not working for me. And if if they just called him Joe Hennig, his actual name, and let his you know let him have the legacy of his father Kurt Hennig and his grandfather Larry Larry the Axe Hennig, and not this contrived Curtis Axel combination hybrid name of his father and grandfather, just call the kid Joe Hennig. Sacrifice the money on on owning the rights to that name. Yeah. You'll make it up in the long run when he's selling out pay-per-views as this third-generation superstar like Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, you can so fo- frustrating. You can follow Ange on Twitter, uh, at Ange, A-N-G-E-G-O-L-D. Um, he is the best. Uh, my, my most consistently good guest you are, Ange. You are Thank a you pro. Real quick before I go, yeah. who is the next Sixers head coach? 
Uh, I have no idea. I I, I would Michael say Curry? no. I would guess it. I, I saw that. I would guess uh, uh, Fizdale uh, from Miami. That would be my guess. Um, right. But we'll see. I think he wants to talk to Fizdale and he hasn't had time yet. So and who do you like in the draft? I don't like anybody. Uh, I don't know. I only know like three of the players uh, that I feel like, I like are NBA Shabazz guys. Muhammad, just because the name is cool. Yeah, I mean, I like. Um, I mean, I love Oladipo, but I, they're not going to get anywhere close to him. I, I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to pick at eleven. That's my prediction. You like CJ McCollum from Lehigh? No, no uh, well, he's a great player, but I haven't. I don't know if he's an NBA player. I got to go. I got to go. Okay, do your thing. Do your thing. Bye. I, I love you. See ya. And just the best. Uh, Todd, Tory, Wes, Warren, and Dan are next. I'm I'm Spike Eskin, 94 WIP Sports Times 120. I'm John Johnson with your 2020 sports update. An NBA champion was crowned down in Miami. Final seconds. What a finish. It's back-to-back titles for the Heat. Your butt to Barbaras now. Is Barbaras on the boulevard the best? (laughs) Boy, I guess. Sports talk with no static. You're now in a different continuum than the world you're used to. Just great Philadelphia sports talk. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Going to get right to the phones in a moment. I'm Spike Eskin, Mark Farzetta coming up at 2 in for Big Daddy Graham. Uh, Svi Torsky, senior editor of Slam Magazine, will be checking in from Miami in a moment. Xfinity Voice Line, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T Verizon cell. Todd, what's up, man? Hey, Spike. How you doing, man? I'm great. Hey, listen, I got to tell you something. I mean, uh, anybody who wants to say that LeBron isn't clutch can just put that to bed, put that to rest now, because he's proven it now. He is clutch at the end of the game. He did it against Indiana. In game one, he was clutch when he needed to be in the most important possession of the game. And he was just amazing tonight. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I think that should have gone away anyway. Because right. what it was was people wanted him to be clutch in a specific kind of way, you know, with uh-huh. big jumpers. But he did that. You're right. I mean, like, there's nothing, there's not really anything else he, he can do at this point. You know, that that's about it. I think of what it's going to come down with LeBron now. See, I'm a Wade fan and I'm a LeBron fan. And I've been following Wade since he's been at Marquette University. I've been following LeBron since he came, you know, into the NBA. I respect his talent. I love him as a player. I don't fault him for what he did going to Miami. They never built a team around him in Cleveland. No, and you know why? Nobody wanted to go to Cleveland. I mean, that's basically what it comes down. He tried. I am 100% sure he tried to convince Bosch and Wade to come to Cleveland. And they're both like, wait a minute. (laughs) If if we we could all play in one place together, where would you like to play, Miami or Cleveland? I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, South Beach. I mean, the the amazing thing about it is that the year that they had, just he grew up so much after he lost that first NBA title against Dallas. You know, he worked with Akeem Olajuwon in the offseason, developed a low-post game. He's gotten so much better on all facets of his game. He's a Magic Johnson. He's a different type of player than Michael Jordan. And he's a different type of player than Kobe Bryant. But if you put it all together, the guy can do everything. And he's scary and fierce. And I think what it comes down to now, Spike, is about him being measured among being the greats with the Jordan, uh, is how many titles can LeBron get? And I think now that he's a two-time defending champion, if he gets a few more titles under his belt, and there's no doubt in my mind that there's still a good chance that team could do a three-peat next year. Well, I'll tell you, Steve Kerr, thanks for the talk, call, Todd. Sure. Uh, um, the first time, he was there with the, no, the second time with the Bulls. Um, 
he said that there was no way that they could have won a fourth straight championship, that they were so gassed after the third year. He said they were running on fumes at the end of that third championship. And he said that regardless, and this was you know during the Indiana series, he said regardless of whether Miami wins a championship or not, he doesn't see them winning it next year or even going to the finals. He said that the the toll that takes on your body and on your and mentally to go to the finals three consecutive times, forget if you win or not, but to go to the finals. Think of all the games you have to play. And these guys are playing in world championships and Olympics in addition to that. But, you know, the, the Heat go and play 82 and then play basically 100 games this year, um, play 100 games two years ago, and then in the year before the strike year, they're playing you know fewer games, but in a shorter period of time. And uh, Kerr just says that you, you just you can't go to the finals four straight years, or he doesn't see a way that you can do it. And what makes that interesting with the Heat is like unless they trade Bosch or or somebody, they can amnesty Mike Miller, but there's not much they can do next year. They're capped out. Um, Everybody's got a contract. Literally, everybody on their team, everybody, every player has a contract for next year, and they're over the cap, so they're they're sort of stuck. So um, I I don't know about three-peat. Ray Allen's a year older. Um, You know, maybe Mario Chalmers is a year better, too. You know, maybe that starts to even out. Who knows? Maybe Dwayne Wade's healthier. But uh, I I don't know. It seems seems like a tough putt. Tori, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, what's going on, Spike? What's up, Tori? Hey, I'm down here in Miami, man. These fans, they don't deserve a championship. Wait, you're down? You're in Miami? What are you in Miami for? Were you in Miami for the game? No, I just moved down here three weeks ago. Oh, from Philly? Yep. Oh, uh, so the fan are the fans down there as bad as reported? Yes, they're worse than reported. Worse. They have no, <laughs> they have no, no passion. They don't care. I'm I'm on Miami Beach right now. That's where I live. There's no horns. There's no nobody beating pots. There's no one in the streets. There's nothing. A lot of Uggs on dudes too. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> And even worse than that, man, all types of stuff I see, but they don't care. I, I tell the people, you know, where I'm at, we would kill for a team. Yeah. One championship, you know, much less two. They don't care. They're not excited. You saw how they were leaving the game early. They were switching on the team three, four times while I was watching it today. It's, it's ridiculous, man. I'll tell you, that is the thing that disappointed me the most about them choosing Miami is that you think about the best – the best fans in the NBA. The best fans in the NBA are Knicks fans, Warriors fans. Um, I guess, you know, uh, I don't think I'd put maybe like, I mean, Lakers fans always go. Uh, Oklahoma City hasn't been there that long, but they're great fans too. But, I, you know, you want, I wanted him to go somewhere where the fans are passionate even when the team's not good. And, and that isn't. You know, and I wouldn't even include Philly in that, honestly. Not for basketball games. I mean, Sixers fans disappear when the team's no good. Um, but Miami is. Yeah, man. I remember before uh, LeBron got there, and after Shaq left, that arena was was three quarters empty. Dwayne Wade was playing in front of nobody. You know. Yeah. Um, well, what'd you move down there for? Work or fun or what? Uh, for work, man. I'm a musician, so I'm doing some music things down here. Man, that's a. <laughs> It's a good job when you can move to Miami, though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice, man. It's a nice city, but they just have no type of loyalty. And, and you saw in Game 6, they were leaving the stadium, and 
and they they just don't care. I mean, we would be tearing the city up at this point, and they just they're you know going to sleep or they're going to the normal club they go to every Thursday night. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, wearing their wearing neon clothes and leaving the game early. Ugh. Yeah, and pink hoodies. <laughs> yeah, pink hoodies. Yeah, like everything's everything's Kanye West from ten years ago. They're all, oh, yeah, it's sad, man. It's sad, but they can tell I'm not from here because they know I don't deal with that type of stuff. I'm <laughs> silly, silly, born and raised, you know. Yeah, yeah. They they could probably spot you from a mile away, actually. Uh, well, yeah. like you can with them and their pink hoodies. Well, just stay away from the pink hoodies. I don't want to see you back up here wearing one of those. Oh, never, man. Never. Right. I'm wearing my Eagles jerseys and. All right. Shirts, man. Okay. All right, Troy. Thanks for calling, brother. I appreciate it. I see you, bro. Thanks, man. Troy checking in from Miami, saying the fans are as bad as advertised. Uh, Dan and uh, and Warren and uh, and Wesley and Jeffrey are next in that order, and uh, probably have time for maybe somebody else. I think uh, before Mark comes on at two eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound ninety four ninety four on your AT and T and Verizon cell. Uh, I am Spike Eskin, and LeBron James is the king. If you missed the Charlie Manuel Show live from Ponzio's on Tuesday, you missed a lot. Would Charlie think about moving Ryan out of the fourth spot? Would you think about that? I would think about it. The time is not there yet. I think he had a very serious injury. I think people forget about that. I'm not a doctor, but that kind of injury usually takes about a year. Charlie Manuel. Your signature is pristine. How'd you learn that handwriting? I'd like for you to be happy when I sign you. (laughs) I got baseballs at home. I look at them and go, Talking football. Always talking Eagles football. He's in! Touchdown! This is the new Sports Radio 94 WIP. Join the Eagles cheerleaders, the 94 WIP tailgate team for Family Health and Wellness Day, Saturday from 10 to 2 at the Horizon Connect Retail Center located at 1680 Nixon Drive in Morristown, New Jersey. Bring the whole family for healthy snacks, health screenings, and more. And the Eagles cheerleaders. Healthy snacks and the Eagles cheerleaders. I'm Spike Eskin. Mark Farzetta coming up at 2. LeBron James and the Heat win their second straight title. LeBron James wins his second NBA Finals MVP. Fourth MVP in five years. James goes for 37 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. uh, 8 of 8 from the free throw line and 5 of 10 from 3 tonight to lead the Heat to victory. Dan, you're a 94 WIP. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, dude? Uh, not much. Uh, did LeBron ever put up 80 points? Uh, no. Uh, did LeBron ever put up 50 points? Yes, LeBron has scored 50 points. 60. 60? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he scored 55. Um, What are we talking about? He's definitely a better athlete, and he's definitely, uh... Then whom? Then whom? What are we talking about? Then Kobe. We're talking about... LeBron so, and Kobe here. Okay. So, Sorry about that. Okay. Um, All right. So wait a minute. If we just want to do numbers, okay, wouldn't you say that in the same number of years, the player who has more points, more rebounds, more assists, more steals, more blocks, higher shooting percentage, four MVPs um, to one, wouldn't you say that the one who has all of those things is probably the better player? I would, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say he's the better player. I'm I'm not debating that. Okay, then what are Uh, we debating? Scorer. No. When it it comes to scoring, I really believe that Kobe's better. I'm not a Kobe fan. 
I'm, I'm Philadelphia, okay. born and raised. Kobe's I, a better scorer. Done. That's okay. fine. Yeah, but, All right. So yeah. then let me oh, – oh, yeah. then there it is. Okay, I uh-huh. really – I didn't even want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I wanted to say yeah. that I, Tim, Tim Duncan, I came into the series, won the Spurs to win. Yeah. And for some reason, by the end, uh, I wanted to see Miami do it. I, I don't know what it was. It, it, I just, ah, whatever. I wanted to see Miami win by the end. But I will say that uh, Duncan, Tim Duncan, underrated. Yes. He doesn't get brought up enough. I agree uh, with you. Probably the best power forward of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Of all time, definitely at the power forward position. Um, stoic and amazingly, uh, I don't even know where to go with that. Uh, well, think about this, so, man. Think so about this. In think this of, series. Think about this. Four championships, right? Mm-hmm. His teams only won fewer than 50 games in two seasons, and those two seasons were the strike-shortened seasons, and the team won 75% of their games. And so, how many How many of those years did they did they nullify Kobe in his in his yeah, quest. Yeah, right. I mean, it, I mean, they're the only two teams in the West from the last, you know, decade. Yeah. The Spurs and the Lakers. And and consistently great and never a problem. You know, never, you know, even with Kobe there were trade rumors and there's never that with, with Tim Duncan. You know, no. that was it was And he showed emotion. Yeah. This was what I loved about the series. This is what capped it all off for me is to watch that guy who has, you know, the reputation for being quiet and for 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 not really, you know, being that guy in the in, in front of the cameras and doing the the dance and all that stuff. This guy showed emotion. He wanted this so bad and uh to see him not get it is the worst part of it for me and 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 like you said earlier uh why like why are we talking about this like yeah i mean i like talking about it but it puts our position in better perspective a very sad perspective in uh, in our city with basketball at least but okay. hopefully it'll get better so all i want to say before yeah. before i go is shout outs to calvin because that was great great call I, Really glad that I was there for that. And uh, Allen Iverson kissing the 76ers uh, logo. Going out on that note, Allen Iverson, um, he's going to get left out of a lot of conversations about who who is the best. And, you know, that's understandable, but Allen Iverson was, was, was a rare guy. He I've was seen him one of a, a few kind. times live, right in person. And uh, it was like a spotlight was just on him yeah. and uh there there are a few entities that'll come along and do that and I will say this before I go you are an eloquent man uh you have a different approach than a a couple of the other DJs that I hear. Uh, well, you know, we all have our own approach, but I certainly uh, appreciate you uh, noticing and liking mine. I appreciate that, man. All right, man. I do. I do. I. Uh, it's a very, very kind thing. We all have our different things, and, you know, um, yeah. But I like having mine. So uh, I appreciate that he notices that there's a difference. That's all we try to do. We try to be ourselves. I'm myself. Warren, you're going to be the last call of the night. What's up, dude? Hello, Spike. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. 
I would, I would also agree that you're very eloquent as well. <laughs> I try to be eloquent, man. I, I've worked my whole life to be able. You know what? I'll tell you, man. For a guy who's on the radio and spent my whole life on the radio, I've never been particularly great at talking. Um, but I think I, it's the truth. Uh, you know, I stumble on words a lot. But I think one of the reasons that was the case is that when you do music radio, you're only talking for 30 seconds. And when you have to talk for more than that, you know, you you start to stumble, um, or or you only have a short period of time, so you don't have a, you don't have time to like really, um, you know, really expand upon any point. But it's been a good good practice with talking uh, on, on on talk radio. So, um, so uh, so what's going on, man? You you watch the game tonight or what? Yeah, I actually, you know, I actually got to uh, cover at work, and uh, you know, it, it was kind of. The reason why I wanted to call is because I kind of wanted to talk about my development from being a LeBron hater to now, you know, really appreciating his game. You know, a couple years ago, you know, I was I didn't like I didn't like the decision, but I guess it was weird. Like one day, I just woke up and got over it. And you know, I you know, Game Six in Boston uh, last year really kind of was like, all right, you know, can't really say he's not clutch anymore. And then you know, the triple double in Game Six, the seventeen points in. And, uh, you know, in overtime in the fourth quarter. And then tonight, just a ho-hum, 37-12. and 12. Yeah. And, you know, it's still had four assists. And, uh, you know, I really do believe, you know, I know I have to walk on, you know, I can't I can't say it too loudly, but, you know, a couple more years, you have to start putting him in the, the you know, the pants, you know, the, the top, the Jordans, the Jordans of the world, like you really do. Well, I, I mean, you know, Bob Ryan was saying that, and Bob Ryan's a great sports writer uh, for the in Boston, and he was like, he's he was doing his all time starting five, and he's like, he's in it. You know, he's he's a small forward on my all time starting five. So, um, you know, I, best ever is tough with different eras and all that stuff. Right. But um, I think I think you know, I was saying earlier, like you know, it's different. It's tough when you're when you're comparing career versus how they're playing you know right now at this moment and i just think at this moment he is as as dominant as i've ever seen you know i've never seen anybody maybe maybe he's not more dominant than jordan was but he's at this moment i've i've i don't think i've ever seen anyone perform at a higher level right and i was you know i was talking with one of my bosses uh and you know you know he's a big nba guy and we're just kind of like you know in terms of dom- like domination, like he has to be right up there with with Michael. Like he just, I mean, in terms of all around game, defense, you know, uh, rebounding, you know, getting making his teammates better. Like it's just, it's really incredible to watch. And you know, if you, were, it's so funny. If you were to ask me three years ago, I would have been like, no, you know, the decision the decision was awful. You know, he's so selfish. And then it's like, I guess I kind of just. And I woke up and was like, you have to really appreciate what he's done. It's incredible. And, you know, I just, people just need to really get over the, the whole decision thing. Well, I, I think the amazing thing to me, one of the most amazing things about his game that people talk about, but it's, it's certainly underrated, is that last, last series, when they needed to stop David West, who is 6'9", 270 pounds, they put LeBron on him. This right. series, when they needed to stop Tony Parker, who is, 
you know, a six foot three point guard and probably one of the, the craftiest uh, pick and roll point guards ever, you know, they put LeBron on him. So, you know what I mean? Like when they need to stuff, stop the big, tough power forward, they put LeBron on him. When they need to stop the point guard, they put LeBron on him. Like that, well, that is an insane, you know, that's an insane physical thing to be able to do. Well, how many players in NBA history can literally play any position on the court? Yeah, like, and really I mean, play not, any position, not right. not not I'm sort not, of fake like Magic played any position. Really, right. do it. And I'm not like ripping Jordan or anything, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're talking about the dominance, like Jordan couldn't play center, like he couldn't, you know, he's not, he couldn't play all five positions on the court. And I'm not taking away from his ability. And granted, you know, I grew up watching the end of his career, so you would know more than I would. I would, but in terms of dominating, like. I mean, it's it's kind of it's fair to start comparing the two. And I get, so, I mean, it was just incredible to watch tonight. And, you know, I don't know whether they're going to repeat. I think a lot of the players are getting older. But, you know, it's going to be interesting in 2014, you know, when he has the option to opt out, you know, what's the decision going to be? As long as he doesn't go to the Lakers, I'll be fine. As long as yeah. he doesn't go. I, I can't handle that. So. <laughs> all, right, all right, Warren. All right, man. Always Talk a pleasure. Later. Always a pleasure. Uh, speaking of pleasure. <laughs> That's just weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I meant for it to be weird. See, if you can't be weird at 153 No, in the morning, it's not. It's totally, I mean. That's the time to be weird. my middle name. Yeah. That, see? Make it weirder. <laughs> Make it weirder. Tell me about it. Look, uh, we spoke, I guess, about an hour ago. Uh, I try not to be a hater with anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm well aware and... If you doubt it, not you particularly, but anybody, if they doubt that there's haters out there directed to LeBron, LeBron James, then you haven't yet jumped into this century and mm-hmm. got on Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm watching. I try to watch. And basketball is the is the the one sport that I played, covered, coached, and refed. Like I've covered okay. every facet of it. So I, when I'm watching the games, I always try to be the most objective as I as, as I can. And I'm looking at certain plays, and I'm going, damn, LeBron made that shot. Damn, LeBron hit that three. Damn, LeBron's playing solid defense. He had a great game tonight. He had a clutch game in a game seven. But I have a feeling tonight I'm going to get frustrated for people that feel as if this is vindication for him being in a conversation for top three greatest ever uh, with people that want to go right within a Jordan scenario, which just drives me nuts. But I don't see how it's not vindication. Like, because weren't, wasn't they... Because there's so much more to, to do. Well, right. But what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is if the big question mm-hmm. was that he can't do what he did, right, and then he just did it in right. Game 7 of the Finals, then what is the question anymore? The question question is another some other people have done it for years well like, but this was the first i mean you're talking about vindication yes this is people he's got going, four hey, he mvps and two finals mvps good for him but you have to accomplish things as a team as well now he has accomplished two championships which is incredible <laughs> right, which right. is why i think the people that don't even have him in their top 15 or excuse me yeah, top 15 are ridiculous and they do exist because i posted that he'd be in my top 10 yeah and he people has were to like be oh no it's 10. terrible you can't do that and i'm like well Look, I can make an argument. You can make an argument for why you'd have him out because there are some historic names that you know go beyond my reach as a fan of basketball. Like before yeah. I was born, namely. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to tip your cap to Wilt, of course. Yeah. Uh, you got to tip your cap to Jordan, although I was around for that. Um, I will give respect to Oscar Robinson, other guys that came way before me. Yeah. Uh, and there's a certain generational gap that we always have to acknowledge in any sport. Right. Right. But right. when it comes to the top ten, I would have him in my top ten right now. He's got to be. Uh, top five is where I really th- start to. Want to hurt people? <laughs> well, I think that's when you have to start. I was saying earlier, like, 
you have to start separating uh, centers and point guards and wing players because it's weird to, to I compare him and to it, Bill Russell. Yeah, and you know, or it, like, yeah, like, no, no question. Yeah. It, but it, I mean, when people talk about the greatest players of all time, I mean, you, you, I, I associate it as if I had a, an NBA draft of all time greatest players, who's number one? You know what I mean? That's how I think of it. I right, right, right. I don't think of it as. Okay, well now I have a center. Let me take this. No, I think if you got to label, you got to go right down the line, kind of thing. Okay, uh, that's how I so. And I also go with you know, and I'd have him take second. Last shot. You would take him second. Yeah, you would take LeBron second. Yeah, after who? Jordan. You would take him only. Well, Jordan. because here's the thing: I never saw like I'm. I feel like a little right, bit of the will enough, thing. Right, but you know enough about basketball to be able to look at a guy like Will Chamberlain and go. Whoa. <laughs> okay, yeah, but he only won two championships, he, correct, too. Correct. And And he is like a, a, a notable, selfish basketball player. Yes. Like he yes. was. Yes. I mean, I if he was, just, oh, you, I, can't, I can't pass the basketball. Let me lead the league in assists. Yeah. Like, I think certain players yeah. uh, from, uh, I think Jordan could have, you know, done the, uh, lead, led the league in assists. I think yeah, sure. LeBron James could have yeah. led the league in any category he wanted yeah. to. Because the greatest players of all time, I think, have a button where they go, I need to be this player now. Yeah. Boom. Push yeah. the button. LeBron, what I think endears LeBron to so many people at, to, at still an early age, an early yeah. stage, I mean, is the fact that you look at a physically imposing figure. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, people say like, oh, Magic Johnson played every position. Magic hates when people bring that up because he jumped center the yeah. one game they're he talking about. play exactly. center. Yeah. Exactly. The other thing is, but when you look at LeBron, he could play, he plays small forward, two guard a little bit. The same size, ten pound differential between him and Carlos Boozer. Yeah, that's what. That's the. That's and he's guarding the point guard exactly. on the other team, and that yeah. is a physically imposing thing that is incredible. And I think when you talk about what one guy can get out of his body, I don't think there's anybody in the NBA in NBA's history yeah. that can do what LeBron can do in that category. Which is why I think in so many people's minds, in your case, he propels to Jordan's category. But yeah. where I start to fall short with him is basically the longevity. If he can yeah, keep this yeah. going well, for... Well, it's only 28. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But if he can keep this going for a, you know, I would say four or five more years, yeah. you know, through his prime, right. and you got to keep in mind, Jordan did walk away from the game, which I hate every ounce of that. Yeah. Uh, but it happened, and hey, look, if LeBron walked away, I would have trouble with him too. So when you put it all in front of you, it's all about the ling- longevity of the scenario. Then so, two. I would pick him second. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I think when you're comparing careers, you're right. I think you have like I think he's got to go five more years and win one or two more rings, right. and then he's you know you win three four rings like that's that's good. Uh, right. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you you win three, you got yourself a little dynasty to yourself there. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I heard I heard Charles saying, "Well, this guy's only got this many rings." This guy's. I was like, "Bro, you have zero. So <laughs> I, I don't know if you should be the one comparing rings." Yeah, and, and the thing, the other thing that, that drove me a little bit crazy with the vindication scenario is that LeBron did this in a in a game seven yeah. and he will always have this over Michael Jordan now. Yeah, no. He, yeah, has, scored Michael didn't go to he has scored so many more points than Michael Jordan in NBA, seven, yeah. NBA game final sevens. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're going to talk about that, of course. We're going to get that conversation going as the night goes on. The question I'm going to throw out is okay. LeBron James is, and I want everyone that wants to answer that question tonight, answer that question. I will give them 10 seconds uninterrupted Ooh. and then jump all over their throat if there I disagree you go. with them. There you go. <laughs> also, uh, I'm going to talk about Joe Torre's daughter being a, being a hero. Dude, she caught story. a baby. 